This is the Barbecue Central Radio, recorded December 20th, 2011. Moonshine on me, moonshine on you. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit bbqguru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at tastylicksbbq.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue. With 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by Draper's Barbecue, a third-generation barbecue company located in western Kentucky between Memphis and Kansas City. Their line of products represents both cities as well as the flavor profiles of Shane's home. Pick up their smoking sauce and AP rub today by visiting drapersbbq.com. This is Maddie Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio. And you're listening to Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show. The show where we talk about all things that are important in the world of barbecue. From big-name interviews with competitors on the barbecue circuit, grill manufacturers and pit makers, to advice on cooking brisket and ribs, you'll find it all right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Your host, Greg Rempe, is a backyard barbecue and grilling fanatic and loves to talk about his passion, which many of us share together. You can learn more about barbecue and grilling by visiting the website, thebbqcentral.com. Now... Let's get in the smoke. Here's your program host, Greg Rempe. Hey gang, welcome to another edition of the really big, super jam-packed Barbecue Central Show. It's the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. Abbreviated open. How abbreviated? We're going to race right to the phone lines and bring up first guest. You know him as the creator of the Grilling with Rich food blog. We go to Rich. Uh oh. Oh no, I hit the wrong. Get that stuff out of here. Hit the wrong one. We're going to Rich Wachtel. Rich, how are you, buddy? Hey. 
Hey, Greg. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous. Rich, apologize. Uh, got the wrong mouse there. Uh, welcome it's aboard. First time in the show. Again, you are the guy that started grillingwithrich.com. And I want to have you out on the show open. I, uh, I apologize, Rich, obviously, for the abbreviated intro that we have, but I've been jam-packed for the show for weeks because we're still talking some KCBS board director stuff, and I got Meathead in the second hour. But you have something going on in your website. If I could, Rich, before we talk about it, little history on you and how you got into the whole Grilling with Rich website. Sure. Um, well, thanks for having me on the show, Greg, sure. even if it's for a couple minutes. Um, I've, you know, I've been a big fan for the last uh, year, so this is like, uh, you know, the peak of my uh, well, popularity well, over years. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Grilling with Rich started in uh, July 2010, and uh, we've been climbing the barbecue charts and grilling charts, if you uh, might say, for the last uh, year and a half now. Um We've, you know, just I'm from New York now, living in uh, Washington D.C. area. So, grilling and uh, barbecuing has become a full-time hobby for me. So, that's basically the long and short of uh, how Grilling with Rich got started. All right, Rich. So I'm having you on tonight because we kind of have a big announcement. I saw it on your – actually, I didn't even know you were running it. I got a couple mentions from uh, people that had emailed me saying that I was in a running for something called the, the 2011 Barbecue Person of the Year. And, of course, I immediately replied back to them. They were full of you-know-what because I couldn't possibly – but let's unveil it right here on the show if people haven't heard about it yet. What's going on over Grilling with Rich? Yeah, so um, basically I was sitting in my uh, office the other day, actually last Wednesday, and I was like, that's the day after the Time Magazine announced their 2011 person of the year, and I was doing some searching on the inter- internet, and I was like, wait, we don't have a barbecue person of the year, um, so why don't I just uh, throw that up there and see what kind of uh, sticks on, and we've had some very stiff competition now, we've had over 2,000 votes um, Chrisley is currently in the lead, followed by Brad Orison from uh, the Shed Barbecue Blues and Joints. So, yeah, we're just trying to find out who is going to be the 2011 Barbecue Person of the Year. And uh, the winner is going to have a free interview on my website. And we're going to do like a full profile, kind of styling it after the, uh, the Time magazine uh, type of uh, thing that they do with their person of the year for 2011 and then hopefully we'll we'll make this a recurring thing on the uh, every single year and obviously we already have some great ideas planned for next year so people are gonna have to stay stay tuned for that Rich Wachtel joining us here on the show. Grillingwithrich.com is the website. Go ahead and check out his 2011 Barbecue Person of the Year. Can you give us a list of who else is nominated? Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, um, like you said, you are nominated. Um, we have uh, Heath Hall from Pork Barrel Barbecue, you know, Diva Q, Johnny Trigg, Jason Day from Burt Finger. What? We have uh, Shane Draper from Draper's Barbecue Sauce. We had Rod. We have Rod Gray from Pellet Envy. Uh, Delbert King, actually from this great organization uh, called Barbecue for the Troops. It's definitely one of the um, – I've had a chance to meet him personally and get a really good sense of um, what his organization is about. And then also the pit master from the uh, win- the winner of the American Royale this year, uh, Joe from Tippy Canoe Barbecue Crew. So um, those are just like a couple of them. We uh, Let's see who else we have. I'm looking here. You know, some people from the West Coast. Uh, we have Jeff from Pops uh, Smokehouse BBQ. 
um, Peg Leg Porker, Carrie, uh, Carrie from Peg Leg Porker. So we have the who's who's of the barbecue world on our website vying for the barbecue person of the year. Not only the who who, but of course you have me as well. <laughs> I have no yeah, idea how exactly. I made it into the list. I can't believe it. Uh, well, Rich, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say all this, um, all the nominations were, um, submitted to me by people that read my website and, you know, kind of, so somebody out there thinks that you you should be barbecue person of the year. All right, Rich, let me ask you to do this. I mean, we could obviously have you speculate on who you think would win or who you think deserves to win. But allow me to ask you this question because it's my show. Make the argument to the Centralites and, of course, the tens of thousands of podcasters that will get this later at their convenience on why I should win. Wow. Well, obviously, we don't endorse all any candidates. We're, you know, we're neutral here. Um, but I this time we'll make an exception. We'll make an exception this time. Tell everybody why I should win. Well, I think that you should win. I mean, like you, you're probably one of the most popular uh, internet radio shows um, on barbecue. I mean, I, I know that a lot of my friends uh, tune in every single Tuesday night and also listen to your podcast. Um, so you do run one of the most popular barbecue radio shows and inter- internet radio shows. And I, I'm a firm believer of internet is going to be the way that people are going to get their news and people kind of do get their news through the internet now. Old traditional radio shows are kind of dying. So uh, why not have the person that runs the most popular barbecue uh, radio show uh, be barbecue person of the year? Rich, I couldn't possibly make an argument against that. And of course, it would come very self-effacing if I were to do that. So I certainly appreciate you making your argument for me. Rich, tell the Centralites exactly when voting closes and is this a thing where I could get, just sit on a computer and start banging away on it and vote for myself or is there some type of uh, back-end measure to not allow people to just continually vote over and over for themselves? Yeah, great questions. Um, so to answer your first question, voting will end officially at the end of 2011. We're going to go up until December 31st. At uh, twelve, um, at eleven fifty nine, voting will close at uh, midnight on the first. So um, be be aware of that. Um, also, we've actually um, we've we've added some measures where you can only vote one per IP address. So you have to go. You have to get your friends involved. You have to get your um, your your family, everybody, basically voting from different IP addresses. But if you have uh, which one called two different IP addresses in terms of your home and your work office, then th- th- that's fine. Rich Wachtel joining us here on the show. Again, the website grillingwithrich.com. We're just reviewing the 2011 Barbecue Person of the Year. The nominations are up. I happen to be one of them. So go ahead and uh, peruse those lists. Uh, quickly cross everybody else off and vote for me because, quite frankly, I'm the only one that deserves it. Nobody else can even sniff me. And I'm glad that uh, Rich was gracious enough to have him uh, add me to that list uh, through submissions, obviously, from other people that read the blog. Great blog that Rich has. Always fresh content on there. So we we certainly appreciate that as people that uh, like to go out and visit the niche of barbecue that we all kind of uh, meander in. And Rich, certainly appreciate you taking time out for the show tonight. Have a Merry Christmas. And uh, hopefully after we get the winner choose, uh, choose, great English, after we have the winner chosen, we can uh, maybe have you back on the show and talk about all of the you know, numbers and, and all the other uh, statistical data that has come up from the contest. Rich. Yeah. You good with that? Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> 100%. All right, dude, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for coming on. Okay, great, thanks. There he is. It's Rich. 
Not sure exactly what happened there at the end. Um, I, I'm not a. I, I know I put on a, a nice vote for me face, but um, I'm just happy to be included. If you find your way to, to vote over for me, that's fine. Uh, I don't. I don't know how much more you could possibly uh, know about me on the fact that I, I do a weekly radio show. So to have a big expose on me, I don't know if you would learn uh, too much else about what I have going on right now, but I'm certainly more than willing to share all the other dirty secrets that I have locked up in the closet. That was Rich Wachtel. Again, grillingwithrich.com is the website, and you're looking at Barbecue Person of the Year as submitted by the readers of his blog. So there you go. Check it out, grillingwithrich.com. Quick, again, quick reminder about Dave Bosco from Butcher Barbecue. He is pleased to announce that he has been working hard for customers. Butcher Barbecue has worked out a deal with the United States Postal Service on priority shipping for all domestic packages. Now all costs will be at a set rate for all orders that are $55 or less. Your shipping will be $7 and $7 only. All orders that are $9 or more, I'm sorry, all orders that are more than that will be $9. It's just one more way to trust your butcher. And quite frankly... If you know Dave, you know he's got one of the most popular rubs out there in the competition world. He's also most probably well-known at this point, although the sauce has to be running a very close uh, third. The injections, the beef injection, the pork injection, of course, as I just mentioned, that sweet sauce. He's got a line of rubs that are absolutely fantastic, second to none, that are out there and will probably be becoming just as successful as the injections. Also, he's got that uh, stocking stuffer pack. Dave, is that still going on? We got to be right close to time where if you're not, if you're still procrastinating for this impending Christmas that is coming, whether you like it or not, it's going to be here before you know it. You're teetering. You don't know if you should get this uh, butcher's stocking pack. You get a nice little sampler of stuff. You have to get ready. Pull that trigger. Get on butcherbbq.com. Get that stocking stuffer. Also, Try out some of that injections or uh, some of the other products that Date have because they're all very top-notch. He is absolutely pinnacle, the peak of what it comes down to. He he is probably one of the foremost authorities when it comes to just knowing about meat in general. I mean, he is a butcher, right? This is what he does by trade, by profession, able to work that knowledge. He's learned stuff from customers. He's learned about stuff in the butcher industry, about retail. He's homogenized and conglomerated all of this knowledge and then he's folded it back into his business and that's why the products are doing absolutely fantastic right now you go to butcherbbq.com you order injections you order sauce you order rubs you order that fabulous new product called grill which is absolutely sweeping the market it's a marinade it's also an injection you can also marinate and inject if you want to to get that great grilled flavor in pork or chicken or beef or ribs or whatever the case may be don't have time to throw it on the grill to get the taste? Use the rib or use the injection product. It's absolutely fabulous. ButcherBBQ.com. That's the place to go. And again, hurry up if you want to get that stocking stuffer. This is it. After this, Christmas is over. You've procrastinated too long. You will get punched in the face by your uh, significant other. We're going to come back with Dave Compton to talk a little KCBS right after this. Stick around.
From the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. back 14 past the hour thanks again to rich wackel for talking about 2011 barbecue person of the year we have steve green grinstead coming up 35 past the hour meathead coming up in the second hour plus the 12 days of barbecue christmas which will be sung live in the barbecue central studios coming up at the top of the second hour all right let's race over to the hotline and bring in first timer of the show and the fourth of the four horsemen dave compton joining us here on the show dave how are you buddy Oh, pretty good. Greg, how are you doing tonight? Doing absolutely fabulous, Dave. Always appreciate you making time for the show. Welcome in. First time for you. So I just wanted to give people a quick rundown about what Dave is all about. You're a certified uh, barbecue judge, master certified barbecue judge. You've judged over 60 contests. You cook with friends two or three times a year. A little background about yourself, Dave. How did you get into barbecue, and then why did you decide to take it one step further and become a cook and become a judge as well? Well, I've always enjoyed a little bit of cooking. Uh, a buddy of mine, uh, back in 05 or 06, was just uh, getting into competition barbecue. And he was a master judge back then. And I went and kind of hung around with him a couple of contests and basically got in his way and said, hey, this is fun. And uh, then I decided, just like everybody else does, that, you know, I'll take the judging class and see what the judges want. And I found out that that really doesn't teach you what the judges want. It just teaches you the basic rules. Uh, so then I cooked a few more contests, and we got into uh, the summer of 07. I cooked a few. I judged a few. And then I had a accident at work. I messed up my back. Uh, I had back surgery. Uh, anybody who does con- Competitive barbecuing knows that you can't, uh, you just can't cook competitively with a busted up back. It's it. So I started uh, judging more and more, and I judged 12 to 15 contests a year. I got my master's uh, judge early last year. So I've gone through two seasons as a master judge. I've judged about 60, a little over 60 contests, probably about 65. Uh, I mean, one thing I see a lot of is uh, judges don't know cooks and cooks don't know judges. And I'd like to I'd like to change that. I think there are two sides of the same coin of barbecue. Uh, if the judges and cooks don't know each other, they're missing out on an awful lot. I think that the judges need to not need to, they should, I think, uh, get out and meet some of these teams, uh, socialize with them a bit. If they have the chance, stick around Saturday afternoon for the award ceremony. There's really nothing to compare to the first time a judge is sitting in the audience at the award ceremony and somebody he just met and was talking to gets a call. And it's just like, hey, yeah, yeah, this is good. It really gets your attention. It really makes you feel as though you're part of something, and you did some of the judging on it. 
Dave Compton joining us here on the show. If you want to find out a little bit more about Dave, by the way, you can, of course, find out that web or check out the website, changekcbs.com. Uh, Dave, you're giving us a little bit of the platform that you're running on as far as judges and, and cooks trying to uh, become a little bit more acquainted, whether it be at contests or trying to figure out which, uh, what they want from it. I mean, is that is that a kind of a big disconnect that cooks aren't really under the uh, aren't really in the know as far as what judges are looking for judges aren't really communicating back to cooks as far as what they're looking for or is that something that is always going to be kind of disconnected in a sense cooks are going to cook their way judges are going to judge their way and at some point we're, we're finding a, a middle ground where you're getting winners and losers uh to a point yeah there's there's always going to be a little disconnect uh Another big thing, or part of that is that uh, a lot of judges will tell a cook, and I've had lots of cooks tell me this. You know, uh, judges say that they're they're getting sick of the sick of the sweet uh, thighs, but then when you go look at the score sheet, the sweet thighs are what's winning. So, so what is it? Uh, are the judges really getting tired of sweet thighs, or are they just saying that because the cook's asking them that? Uh, having started out as a cook. I have a little bit different viewpoint on it. And I, I knew a lot of cooks before I started doing any judging. So that gives me a, you know, I'm, I'm kind of on the cook side of the turn-in table as well as the judge's side of the turn-in table. A big problem we have with judging, I feel, is lack of consistency. Now, I don't mean what I think is an eight should be an eight for everybody. But a, a, an example of this is a, a contest a year or two ago. I was sitting right next to another master judge, and there's another judge down the table who was fairly experienced. I think he's got 15, 20 contests under his belt. And Ed and I were talking about this pork entry after the, the turn in, after we got done judging. And I either one of us gave it a 989, and one of us gave it a 998. It was just, it was just a great pork entry. And we're sitting there talking, and here comes the rep, and she asked the other judge down at the other end of the table to step over to the side. And and uh, he comes back, he says, well, if she didn't like the way I scored that pork, so we're talking about, well, which one are you talking about? Oh, number three, I think it was. Oh, what did you score it? Said, well, I gave it five across the board. That was that was just nasty. <laughs> and Ed and yeah, yeah. And Ed and I had both just been talking, man, that was just just a hair away from being perfect, you know? And uh, so, you know, you're always going to have that. I don't know where he was coming from with his fives across the board. We have some judges that were taught you start at nine and go down. We have some judges that were taught you start at six and go up. We have a lot of judges now that are being taught, well, you know, just judge it the best you can as fair as you think you can be. Somehow we've got to get all three of these groups on the same page. So we're say it. If I give you nine nine, you, you, that your judging scores get nine nine eight eight nine nine. That tells you you're pretty good. If your scores come out nine seven four three, you know, all you can do is just scratch your head and, and say what. Yeah, even if you get fives and fours across the board, you know there's something definitely wrong. But when your scores are all mixed up like that, you have absolutely no idea what to do except beat your head against the wall and 
cuss out the judges, probably. Dave Compton uh, joining us here on the show. Uh, again, changecbs.com is the website. Dave, do the last uh, handful of people I've talked to that are be you know running for KCBS BOD mentioned that they'd like to see some type of ongoing training for judges to keep their palates refined, to, to keep them understanding what you should be looking for and, and trying to possibly alleviate any type of biases that they're letting alter in during the course of a judging process. Do you have any thoughts on how you can continually keep judges up to date? And should there be some type of a sanction for a judge that is continually being inconsistent or doesn't seem to be doing as well? I mean, obviously, cooks can get punished for certain things. Uh, representatives uh, can get punished for certain things. But it doesn't seem there doesn't seem to be any onus on a judge for some type of an inconsistency or a wrongdoing in that regard? Now, I, I do think that they really need to get a continuing education going uh, for judges, just keeping them a little little hints that you can get uh, like an email blast every once in a while. Uh, you know, don't judge down because there's sauce on the inside of the lid. You know, it could have got jostled from the turn-in table to your table. Don't judge down because the brisket is cold. Brisket's the last category. That box may be sitting there for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, waiting for a table where that team's entry hasn't gone to already today. These things are beyond the cook's control. Uh, judges should be reminded of this. Uh, uh, another one, my favorite, it's, it said every, in every judge's meeting at the CB, you're not to judge your personal tastes. You're supposed to judge as presented by the cook, not to your own likes and dislikes. And I keep hearing that, well, I'm going to say it at least once at every contest, oh, I don't know how anybody could ever put that much wasabi or chili or whatever but it's something they don't like. And I didn't really think there was that much of it. You know, even if it is a little bit more than what I would care for, I'm not supposed to judge according to my likes or dislikes. If I don't like a wasabi plum glaze, but the chef, the cook does an excellent job of wasabi plum glaze, I'm supposed to get them credit for that. I'm not supposed to say, oh, yeah, I can't stand that stuff. But, let, yeah, Dave, let me let me interrupt for a second. Let me let me ask you something. I mean, we're all humans. You can tell somebody how not to judge or look for this or look for that. Don't let personal bias take into account. But should there actually be maybe more of a 180 done on that whole thing where like it maybe an IBCA or some other type of I don't want to say a fair contest, but you're, you're judging people the how you taste it is the way it tastes to you, and you're going to score it accordingly, not necessarily held to certain standards. Could that possibly, because there could be more parity in that regard, could that possibly even the playing field out then, allowing people's personal biases? Well, I don't know. It's, right now in KCBS, it says you're not supposed to judge your personal likes and dislikes, but judges do. Hard to enforce. So, on what? Uh, that's got to be hard to enforce, right? Oh, oh, it's impossible to enforce. Sure. Uh, but the example I used earlier, or two of us thought that the pork was just almost nines across the board, and the other judge gave it fives. Uh, the rep asked him, you know, why did you rate it so low? He said, well, it's about the worst tasting pork I ever tasted. So I guess, according to his palate, that wasn't very good pork, but... Two experienced judges uh, were way more experienced. We thought it was excellent. So uh, I don't know. 
there I think you'd have to get into judge tracking and even that's got its, its downfalls. I mean, uh, you're going to get uh, six pieces of chicken, uh, five of us get chicken that's uh, excellent, and uh, one of us gets a, a thigh or a wing or a, a drumstick that just doesn't have any flavor whatsoever. Uh, so one judge is going to be way off on their on their uh, score. Uh, I don't want to turn this into like a computer-generated, this is a nine, this is an eight, that's it. That, that takes the human element way out. I just want to try to get people on the same page, judging you know, to how the cook presented this. How, how did the cook do on this job? I mean, we can't judge brisket the same as we judge chicken, and we shouldn't. But is this a good example of, of baked chicken? Is this a good example of uh, roasted chicken? Is this a good example of grandma's pan fried chicken? Yeah, they're all good chickens. Why can't we say the same thing with a thigh versus a drumstick versus a wing versus uh, no sauce with versus uh, very, very sweet sauce? Uh, these all can have excellent examples. Uh, I feel you should be able to give nines across the board to any box before it's open. And if you're not capable or willing to do that, then I, I think you definitely need to rethink on why you're judging. Dave Compton joining us here on the show. Dave, let me uh, transition a little bit here. I know we spent a lot of time on judging, but if you get in for, you know, let's just go ahead and, uh, you know, think best case scenario, you get elected to the board. A lot of things that you hear about uh, continually, people that are saying, this is what I'd like to see change about BOD. First thing is transparency. How do you think it is currently, and how would you like to see it change if it's not up to standard right now? Okay, I think we're doing a lot better on the BOD transparency now than we were a couple of years ago. Uh, <clears throat> it sounds from what I've been, I've been listening to that there's a lot less bickering, a lot less childish behavior, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that we need to have more transparency. I think we need to have the board quit micromanaging. Uh, one example on that is this brouhaha going on about the uh, team of the year versus cook of the year, how we're going to set up this, pro this uh, computer program to do this, blah, blah, blah. Why isn't all this handled in committee meetings with people who are IT professionals or who know a lot about Internet uh, technology, information technology? They can come up with three or four different plans, bring it to the board with the pros and cons of each plan, and say, okay, this is, what, uh, this is our recommendation. The board votes on it, says yay or nay. Instead of spending an hour and a half on a special meeting, arguing about you know, nitpicking over, well, can it do this, can it do that? That should all have been handled you know, in committee by people who understand everything about in, uh, information technology. Uh, as far as more openness, I, I think we can eliminate a lot of the closed door, or closed sessions on the board meetings. I think a lot of that uh, needs, even after the, the closed session, say for a disciplinary measure, uh, is safe. There, Dave? 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 Uh-oh! Get the oh. stuff out of here! 
Damn mobile phones. Man, these mobile, they're going to be a death of the boy. <laughs> Hold on a second. We'll get them back here. I work for a major cell phone care. Dave. We got disconnected here. Yeah, well, that happens with uh, these type of things. Um, go ahead and finish your thought there real quick. Okay. Let's say, for instance, a rep has done something wrong at a contest. Uh, we don't need to be naming the rep or even what the complaint is at first. Then we go into closed session, come back out, and if I think we should at least say, well, a rep, whether we want to name the rep or not, is another question. Uh, a rep has done this, and the punishment, we found, we found the rep guilty of doing this, and we've decided the punishment for doing that is going to be So everybody don't do it anymore. Uh, so that would be more transparency rather than saying, well, he got off because he's so-and-so, or they did this to that one because... She's somebody else. Uh, I, th- I think we need to have the members know what's going on more. In the, I mean, there's there's a lot of things we can't discuss in public. Contracts that aren't uh, that are you know contract negotiations, some financial things, discipline before the before the uh, final finding. But I think the members have a right to know what's going on with their board of directors. Dave Compton joining us here on the show. ChangeKCBS.com is the website. Uh, Dave, we only got a couple minutes left, so uh, I figured I'd, I'd change it up with you a little bit since you're the fourth of the four horsemen that I've had here on the show for the Change KCBS ticket. I'm going to ask you uh, one, two, three, about four uh, questions, a series of provocative questions, and I'd just like you to answer true or false to each one, and we'll go ahead and end it like that. What do you think? Okay. All right, here we go. Question number one. Carolyn Wells is running the show behind closed doors, and the board of directors is more or less a facade. True or false? False. All right. Question number two. Kansas City Barbecue Society doesn't do enough to promote their elections to their membership. True. All right. One and one. Question number three. KCBS has seen the climax of their popularity and is now in decline. Uh, no. All right. That is false. Uh, question number four. The partnership with MMA is the best thing that has happened to KCBS in the past few years. That I can't really give an answer on. Uh, some ways, yes. Some ways, I'm not sure. Uh-oh. All right. I have to get into it more. All right, uh, last question. Even though you hear a lot of bitching and moaning uh, from some folks, KCBS is still the place to be when it comes to competition barbecue. I believe so. Yeah, uh-huh. I believe got a great platform for competition barbecue. All right, so uh, this is Dave Compton. Again, he's going to be running for Kansas City Barbecue Society. If you liked what he's had to say, obviously go ahead and vote for him. Encourage people that you know that are members of KCBS to get out and vote as well. 18% turnout last year is, quite frankly, horrific, so we're hoping for bigger, better numbers. Dave, good luck to you. Appreciate the time tonight. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for having me on there. You got it. There he is. Dave Compton. Like what you hear? As I said, give Dave a call. 
talk with him a little bit more. Give him an email. He's got that changekcbs.com website that he is a part of. So uh, he's more than happy to talk with you a little bit more extensively on his views and uh, what he's hoping to get done. Again, changekcbs.com. You like him? Give him your vote. I mean, what do you have to lose, right? He's got sharing similar opinions, and uh, you want to have a guy representing you that uh, thinks the same way that you do. Thanks to Dave Compton for joining me. All right, coming up uh, after this break, we have Steve Grinstead. We'll be talking to him about this little KCBS thing as well. So stay tuned for that. Uh, before we get in with Steve, though, we're going to talk to you quickly about the longest-running sponsor on the show. You happen to know them as the Barbecue Guru out there in Warminster, Pennsylvania. They are makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. Four different models for you to choose from. That's right. You have the ProCom 4 wireless unit. You have a CyberQ2. You have a DigiQ DX. And believe it or not, right now you have this thing called the PartyQ. It's a self-contained unit. It runs off of AA batteries. If you have a bullet-style smoker or kettle grill, maybe you have one of those ceramic-style cookers, you can get this. It's only $130. It's like the greatest barrier to entry into uh, automatic pit temperature control devices that there is currently on the market. So that might be something that you would want to think about. But again, when we're talking about gift ideas, when we're talking about Christmas is coming up, we need to get something for our barbecue person in the family. Automatic pit temperature controls are something that you might want to think about. And once you've decided, hopefully in the next 24 to 48 hours, put in the order and then wrap it up and watch the elation the sheer joy of your wife or your husband dare I say same sex lover opening it up and seeing that automatic pintup knowing that they are going to be able to talk freely on a phone or go to work or put big cuts of meat on and not have to worry about automatic pit temperature control devices at all ever again because the guru finally has their back It's not only pit temperature control devices, right? What we have are cookers that are winning championship after championship, taking second places, second places, and the most prestigious competitions out there during the course of a calendar year. I'm telling you, it's absolutely one of the best cookers out there, and it's called the Onyx Oven. Completely insulated. Obviously, is uh, easy to fit with one of those automatic pit temperature control devices. So you want to look that up. Plus, they have a host of other products that are going to make your barbecue and grilling life easier anyway. And there's two places that you can find them. First, on the web at bbqguru.com. That's bbqguru.com. Or you can call them on the phone, toll-free, 800 800- 288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. We're back with Steve Grinstead right here after this. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, new sound band, suburban Let's go! I'm an outlaw, give me two shots. We don't need a radio, bring a jukebox. For my outlaws, bring me three shots. We can raise hell before the speed stops. 
I'm a whiskey drinking SOB. If you don't like that, then you won't like me. I'm an outlaw. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're all outlaws up here. Thanks to Dave Compton for joining me talking about his run for the Kansas City Board. We will take exactly zero time to go ahead and race back over to the hotline and bring up our next guest. Just happens to be Steve Grinstead. A Buckeye, baby. Steve, how are you, buddy? Doing pretty good. How are you doing, Greg? Doing absolutely fabulous, Steve. Appreciate you taking time out to talk to me about your run for the KCBS before we get into the exact platform and all why you decided to go ahead and run for the board. A little background about yourself, maybe uh, professionally, and then how you got involved with uh, Competition Barbecue. I got started about 15 years ago. The very first contest sanctioned by KCBS in Ohio was held in Nelsonville. I was living and working in the area. The company I worked for, Rocky Brands, was a major sponsor that year, and they needed judges. So they called me up, said, hey, what are you doing Saturday? I was thinking about going anyway, and well, by the time I got to my second piece of chicken, I said, this job's mine for life. <laughs> Found something I really like to do, eat barbecue. Did you, uh, did you have to go through the training and, and all that stuff first? They did a little quick class because I don't think there may not even been any certified judges that first year. Was so it a, was, was it a KCBS sanctioned event the first year or no? Yes, it was a it was a KCBS sanctioned event that year. But you got to remember that we were probably the first contest in our area, so I mean certified judges probably weren't going to travel from Kansas City or whatever all the way eight and a half nine hours. All right, so like a little town it's Nelsonville, yeah. Yeah, well, I went to school for uh, at uh, Ohio University, so I used to drive through there all the time. Um, after you had that first, you decided this is something that you're going to be doing. Did you start traveling around and doing other contests, or have you just stayed in Ohio? Uh, no, I've actually been traveling across the country. I've been uh, Las Vegas, uh, Lakeland, Florida, Lowell, Massachusetts, Winchester, Tennessee, Hammond, Louisiana, Kansas City. You name it, I've probably been close to it. Any, uh, any favorite contests that have stood out to you that you've been able to judge so far? Um. Uh, I'm one of the uh, butt-to-butt, Mike Lake's uh, top pork cook of the year, and that's the, a very exclusive contest to get into. I am one of the butt-to-butt judges. That'll be in Jeff City this April, and I don't have the schedule right in front of me, but if you look it up at kcbs.us, it's on there. I looked at it. just don't remember it. And the next favorite has probably got to be Hammond, Louisiana. Steve Greg. Blake. Yes. Last week of March, it's cold. It's crappy up here. <laughs> you go to Hammond, Louisiana, the flowers are out. You're walking around in shorts and a T-shirt, getting a sunburn. Nothing better than that. Absolutely. Steve Grinstead joining us here on the show. Uh, Steve, if you could tell us a little bit about the platform that you're running on and why you have decided to, to get into this whole KCBS BOD fray. I was asked by current board members, by previous board members, by cooks, by judges, and by other reps to run for the board. And after hearing this for a couple of years, I thought, hey, if they keep asking me, I might as well go ahead and throw my hat in a ring and run for it. The, the biggest thing that we need to do is the board needs to step back from the day-to-day minutia, let the office run KCBS, and we need to manage the office and do a, a strategic three-, five-, and ten-year plan. Resanctioning contests that have existed for the past 15, 20 years – the board doesn't need to mess with that. It's the same weekend. It's the same rep team. Let someone in the office go ahead unless there's, unless there's enough complaints. If, or well, I shouldn't say if, there is any, if there's a complaint, then yeah, bring it to the board. But if there's no complaints, just let it, let, let it go. 
they're, they're too tied down into the into the, the details. We need to look at the long range forecast. You're asking Dave earlier about the the partnership with MMA. I I think it's a good thing. The growth, yeah, it's challenging, but it's it's one of those things. If we didn't partner with MMA, I don't think KCBS would have Sam's Club. I didn't think I don't think there would be a team of the year that paid money. When I first started going to Kansas City for the awards banquets, you got a banner and a trophy. There was no cash involved for team of the year. Steve Grinstead joining us here on the show. Steve, let me ask you this question. Uh, transparency always seems to be an issue that people bring up when they're looking to run for BOD. Do you think there's an issue with that now? Is it uh, just fine the way you see it, or would you like to see it improved? And if so, how would you bring that about? Without being on the inside, I can't say if it needs to be improved or not. I work for a publicly traded company, so I know that there's there's some very sticky issues with talking about money and contracts and, and naming names in a public forum, which they may not want their name named in. So without being on the inside, without saying what can be done, it is a thousand times better now than it was three years ago. Can it be improved? Probably. But without being on the inside to say this is what needs to be done, I can't comment. You know, Steve, uh, Dave was talking at length about a potential disconnect between judges and cooks. Do you find, your judge yourself uh, and a rep, do you find that there is a disconnect here, and is there any way to kind of to bridge that gap at all? I think the, the current rule of uh, judges cannot fraternize with cooks needs to be a little more clearly defined. Because when I first started out, I would go out Friday night to a contest. I would hang out with the cooks eat their food, drink their beer, and then come in the next morning and score their barbecue. I mean, there was no problem with that. I wasn't seeing their competition meat. And if I did, it was a raw piece of pork butt. Yeah, I could really tell what that's going to be like in 14 hours. <laughs> uh, as far as Dave's comment about judge tracking and stuff, I'm actually working with the tech committee on the new software. That is being implemented with this new version. Whenever we get the bugs worked out and it gets online, Judge tracking will exist. It existed in the previous version, what we call BQN. The problem of it was was that we jumped judge numbers to where a point to where we broke the scoring system. The, the scoring system was never handled to have a judge 59,999, and it, it just breaks. So if you can't key it in, why put it in? You're going to blow it up. Do you think that there will be a point then once this gets all in place and you're able to track judges – uh, should there be an issue where if you're falling below a certain criteria that you're going to be removed from being able to do contests uh, and then issued like some type of mandatory retraining or how do you think that'll work? I don't think you remember the judges are volunteers. The cooks are going after money. The organizers are going to promote an event or, or, or to promote barbecue. The judges are doing it as a volunteer. I think the best way to go through is to say, Mr. Smith, Mr. Doe, at these three contests, you were significantly lower or higher, even higher, than the rest of the judges at your table. Can you please think about what you're doing at future contests? Because no one can say what was tough, what was tender, what was mushy, because everyone gets a different bite of meat. So, I mean, it's hard to say one way or the other until you get a historical trend of saying, okay, Mr. Doe, you're always two points lower than everybody else at the table. Maybe you should go take the judge's class, and there's going to be one 15 miles from your house. Just here's the number, here's the contact info, and 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 there's no cost to the judge. A CBJ can, can retake that class as many times as they want, and there's no cost to that judge. 
Steve Grinstead joining us here on the show. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, Have you ever taken it, kind of reverse roles for yourself? You ever cooked with a team or or cooked a contest to see what it was like since you've also judged? Yeah, the the Hammond, Louisiana, past couple years, I've uh, went and hung out with a couple cooks and actually cooked the contest. Uh, A few times I've been rooked into uh, table captaining that. But, yeah, for the most part, I was there for meat prep, uh, helped pull the meat off early in the morning and get – get chicken and, and ribs ready to go back on the smoker. So yeah, I've done the cook thing. I've done the master cook judge, uh, with Mike Lake down in Lakeland, Florida, probably one of the coldest Lakelands there ever was. And they keep saying it's warm in Florida. Yeah. It wasn't that year. <laughs> probably warmer than Cleveland, but it can be cold down there. No doubt about it. Uh, Steve, do you think that, um, as far as the KCBS running, I mean, it obviously it's from where it started in humble beginnings to where it is now, do you think it needs to stay nonprofit? Do you think that at, at all it would be an idea where you could kind of turn it into a business for profit, sanctioning body that provides rules, guidelines, isn't responsible for purse guarantees or any other weird gray area stuff like that because it's been mired in that for the last number of years or so? But just do what it does best grow barbecue going forward and do it by making money instead of this, uh, the nonprofit way it's set up currently. Should that be changed? Would that help continue to grow it in, in a right way? I don't see how we could do it without selling our souls to, to whoever the sponsor is that, we, that we're currently getting the money from. Say Acme Food Company. The Acme Food Company is going to come in. They just bought a 51% stake. Acme Food Company is the only chicken you can cook to become a, a KCBS team of the year. I think that where we're at right now, we're sort of independent. We don't we don't require cooks to use Tyson food or Acme food that you can that the cooks can use what they can afford to cook with and win barbecue contests. If you switch to that for profit thing, yeah, there's a lot of things that you could do, but there's also a lot of things that could go wrong. That that without keeping an eye on that long range plan, maybe yeah, that going uh, like you said, take it to a, a for-profit company and say every contest is guaranteed $25,000. The, the big sponsors like Budweiser, Kingsford, whoever will come in. But at what point in time, that's what not what the mission statement was for. It was to promote barbecue, well, not promote Kingsford. So like I said, I, I don't think it should, but that's just one, that's my vote. If I was on the board, that would be my vote, but there's other board members there. And I think that the one thing that that we're, we missed, glossed over was that the current board, there's no in, there's there's infighting. There's infighting with every organization. Sure. But the amount of work done with this board in the last six months, it's it's unparred. I've been close friends with many of the board members for the past ten years. There's more work done in any month now than it's unbelievable. So so the, so the the MP3s and the and the ability to call in and listen to these board meetings is great. The one thing you've been asking every about the board members about the the election, mm-hmm. I've been putting on Facebook and Twitter, eighteen percent better than the, the U.S. population. I I don't know how much more KCBS could do is than to put it's in the bullsheet. Every member gets the bullsheet. You can download the bullsheet as a PDF if you're a member. So I don't know what else we can do other than have it put a virus on everyone's computer that's a member to have it pop up to say go straight to the website and vote. Steve Grinstead joining us here on the show. Uh, I mean, is it safe to say, Steve, that you think, you know, for aside from maybe a few tweaks here and there, that the board has been running fine then? 
Yeah, th- th- I mean, th- like I said, there's some issues. The the whole uh, cease and desist uh, with the the British Barbecue Society. It's one of those. The only thing KCBS owns is the is the idea and the so- and the software and the reputation. So if anyone can use it, you're losing money. So th- is it a good thing? No, but it's one of those things that, that with where we're at and the size of the KCBS is, you have to check that box just to protect yourselves in the future. The, I, mean, I don't know. I haven't paid attention. I haven't listened to the December board meeting, but. The, BB, the British Barbecue Society could rent the rules for a dollar a year. I don't know. I mean, to promote barbecue, that's a good thing. But also to keep it in, to have some form of control for KCBS. I mean, like I said, that's the only thing we own. We don't promote barbecue contests. We don't guarantee prize money. We don't present checks and, and trophies to the winners. It's the judging. It's the system. And it's the rules. It's the only thing KCBS owns. All right, Steve, let me uh, do the same true-false questions that I did with Dave here a few minutes ago, if you're uh, willing to do that. Sure. All right, first question. Uh, Carolyn Wells is running the show behind closed doors, and the board of directors is just a facade. True or false? False. KCBS does not do enough to promote their elections to membership. True or false? That's false. They, I mean, they do as much as you can possibly do. All right, KCBS has seen the climax of their popularity and is now on the decline. False. There's more contest sanctioned or should be sanctioned for 2012 than there was in 2011. All right. Uh, the partnership with MMA is the best thing that has happened to KCBS in the past few years. I'd have to say true. All right. And last question. Even though you hear a lot of bitching and moaning from some folks, KCBS is still the place to be when it comes to competition barbecue. Absolutely. All right. There he is. He is Steve Grinstead running for the KCBS Board of Directors. And, of course, I always have a soft spot for any Buckeye that is uh, doing barbecue here as we have to suffer through terrible weather that most of you don't. Uh, Steve, good luck to you, and I would love to have you on again soon if you're interested. Uh, Not a problem. Go ahead and throw my email address up in there in the show notes if you wouldn't mind. If anyone has any questions, shoot me an email. I'll be more than glad to talk to you. All right, Steve, thanks for coming on tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you. There he is. Steve, if you like what he had to say, of course, go ahead and vote for him. We want to have you people vote for people that uh, have your values in mind, your thoughts, things that you would like. I, I don't think I'm going out of my way to say that the majority of people would probably disagree with Steve that have been on the show before. I'm not saying the majority of people disagree with Steve, that the board is running fine, aside from a few minor tweaks here and there. Steve thinks everything's good over there. He knows a lot of people. He thinks running's things are running very well. So if you're of uh, the same mind but you would like to see Steve's uh, fresher take on the situation, give him your vote. Email him as well. He's more than happy to kind of chat it up with you. Thanks to Steve for doing that. Again, quick reminder about my guy in Shillington, Pennsylvania, the trusted online retailer, a guy that is a barbecue and grilling superstore who isn't just going to take your money and hope that they're somehow able to procure the stuff that you ordered because they give you a great deal, but they just don't have the ability to make profit to stay in business. So they're just going to hold that order. It's called back order. Dear sir or madam, thank you for buying this thing that we don't actually stock. And if we find it for a good price and can mark it up and make some money, we'll give it to you. Good luck with that. Thanks, Sent. Not Fred. Fred has a huge inventory right there in Shillington, Pennsylvania. Whatever you see on his website, he has and will ship to you promptly. 
Fred has gift supplies for the holidays. That's right, gift basket. Barbecue chef on your list. How about a gift basket? Includes different selections of barbecue and cooking rubs, seasonings, sauces, grilling tools. There's many different baskets available. But look, that might not even get to you in time anymore because we're closing down to the mere few days left before you can actually order it and it gets shipped to you. How about gift cards? Call Fred, email him, tell me you want a $50 gift card to the store or $150 gift card or $1,550 gift card. It doesn't matter. You can get them in any amount. Give it to your person that really likes to barbecue and say, look, I couldn't narrow it down just to one thing or 10 things or 58 things. You're just getting into it. Or you're a seasoned novice. Or you're the pit master of the complete neighborhood. And I didn't want to make a mistake when I was getting you something. So here's a gift card. Might seem a little lazy on my part, but I think we both agree. When you're able to peruse Fred's website and see all the sauces, all the rubs, all the injections, all of the cookers, the grills, the cookbooks, the chunks, the chips, everything that has to do with barbecue and grilling, Fred's Music and Barbecue and Tasty Looks Barbecue Supply has... Choose it yourself. Order it up. It's on me. Once it comes to the house, cook with it. Make your life more effective and efficient, and I'll benefit by eating even better food with the gift card that I gave you, and you're happy because you got what you wanted. Fred's Music and Tasty Licks Barbecue is the way to go. Plus, don't forget, March 10th and 11th next year, you have that Plowboys Pork, uh, the Porkland Plowboys cooking class as well. That's March 10th and 11th. You want to go to TastyLicksBBQ.com for more information. Spaces still available. We'll wrap up the first hour after this. Hang on. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Who would have thought oh, yeah. thing was going to go this far? Who thought this radio thing was going to go this far? I asked for this fast living, the women, the whiskey, craziness. So we got the whiskey. How about this? Little outlaw shine made my way towards the end of last week from the Moonshine Band. This is the Moonshine Band singing right now, by the way. I'm going to have to open that up here in a second. Let's see what that's all about. Moonshine Bandits. All right, so we have A, the Moonshine Bandits giving me first hour bumper music, so I certainly appreciate that. We have the Outlaw Moonshine that we're going to give a try here, too, in just a second. Uh, if you enjoyed Dave Compton and Steve Grinstead, you're welcome because that's going to be all the KCBS stuff that we have left to do this year. Next year is the best of. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to be making a couple more uh, Facebook posts. Let's uh, see what we got going on here. Hoo-hoo, my lordy. Uh, okay, we'll go. Uh, I'm, I'm an over-the-rocks liquor guy uh, myself. So we're going to swish this around a little bit. Sorry for the uh, video there. If you liked Steve, if you like Dave, go ahead and give them your vote. You can go for Dave, changekcbs.com. Steve doesn't have a website, but he does have an email. Wow. I can smell that from here, dog. Wow. I don't know if I'm scared or if I am absolutely scared of what is about to happen here. Never had moonshine myself. It's got a 
floral. F- Man, that's something now. All right, so we're uh, we're on the rocks here fully, and uh, we'll take the first sip. Wow, Surpri- surprisingly smooth. Oh, well, that's a little burn now going down to Tum Tum, but uh, I was expecting one of these. <clears throat> When I put it in my mouth, but Big Tex wasn't lying. He said it was incredibly smooth. And this is a, I believe he said it's like an unaged whiskey, so they don't put this in barrels. Uh, Obviously, it would be brown otherwise. Uh, I'm a big uh, bourbon whiskey fan myself. So I suppose that this could be, I don't know if this is going to be a straight drinker myself. It is a uh, nine, what are we at here? Uh, 99 proof. And this is a spirits distilled from grain. Uh, the moonshine, Outlaw Moonshine, which can be found at outlawshine.com. I don't know if anybody's been looking for a, a brand of moonshine. This is one that you can actually buy on the Internet. So there you go. I mean, what can I tell you? One of the best things ever. Uh, let me take another hit sip here again. Wow, I mean, effortlessly smooth. I, I I don't even have to shake. That would probably go well in a number of other drinks. I know that there's that whole apple pie thing that we were talking about as well. Um, what can I tell you? Uh, why not go ahead and see what it's all about, Outlaw Shine. Like I'm, all right, uh, we're going to wrap up the first hour here. Second hour, we do have... The 12 days of holiday, or the 12 days of Christmas, the 12 days of barbecue Christmas is what it's called. And then we're going to talk to uh, Meathead Goldwyn about prime rib. So uh, if, if you're going to be cooking prime rib this weekend, then you're definitely going to want to be tuning into that because it's going to be, it's an expensive cut now. I mean, it's not like the most expensive cut ever, but definitely one you don't want to screw up, especially if you don't have a lot of experience with it. A lot of great people here on the Instant Chat as well that are uh, very well-versed in cooking prime rib as well, so you're going to be able to get some different uh, tips and techniques from people that are in the chat room that have a lot of experience. Plus, we have Meathead uh, just talking at length about it. Plus, we might get into uh, some other things about that. If you're looking, you're not cooking type of thing. So that's what we have coming up. All right, we are going to head and uh, go in to the second hour. Get ready for the live debut of the 12 days of holiday Christmas. All right? You stick around. We'll be right back. This is Brian Mayer, host of Hot Sauce Weekly, and you are listening to BCRN, all barbecue and grilling all the time. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Wow. 
on. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate fifty four wieners. But listen, Laverne, shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> You could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grill. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole lot like the movie. <laughs> wow. Yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men. All right, just like that, we're in the second hour. Boom. All right. We have Meathead coming up in about 13 minutes from now. Ouch. We were talking with Dave Compton, and we were talking with Steve Grinstead. They are running for the KCBS Board of Directors. If you missed the show, you can always go back to the Barbecue Central Radio Network's homepage, and you can download each and every segment of the show in case you missed it. If you are an iTunes subscriber, you can also subscribe to the show via iTunes. Just search in the podcast area, Barbecue Central Radio Show, and you can get the full and complete archives right there. So if you can, if you can, just don't have the ability to catch the show live, uh, no worries. That's fine. You are able to uh, just go ahead and do that whole thing. Get the show li- uh, get the show live if you can, of course. That's the best way to hear it. Uh, you know, many people ask me, "Well, what do you think the best way to, to get the show is?" I I would always say the best way to get the show is live because you can hear the show unfold as is. And if you can't do it, I certainly understand. Convenience purposes, podcasts are great. That's where most of the listening numbers come down, and uh, you, you want to get it that way. You never have to miss anything. Also, uh, special thanks to Rich Wachtel for joining us, talking about 2011 Barbecue Person of the Year, and that is on his website grillingwithrich.com check out the list vote for who you think is making the best contribution to barbecue this year or who's most deserving of it and uh, the winner gets a complete expose right there on rich's website grillingwithrich.com by the way all right we're going to uh, get ready here for one second yeah that's good all right uh, i got my backup singers coming in here now all right uh ladies uh we all good here or what all right, uh, we got to get towards the microphone so uh, everybody can hear everybody. We off off camera. We have a whole backup group that is about ready to put one on for the age. All right, uh, everybody, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Uh, you go ahead first, there, little one. What's your name? Marley. All right, Marley, and uh, the middle one. Maddie. Maddie is ready, and the oldest one. Bobby. All right, Bobby is in. All right, so we have Maddie, Marley, and Bobby. And we are ready to do the 12 Days of Barbecue Christmas. Can you, uh, you guys going to be able to hear the music? Yeah. Yeah? Are you sure? Hopefully. Yeah. All right. Now, remember, the music is a little out of the ordinary. So we'll all make sure you're listening so we can do it properly. Okay, great. So you were listening to it while I was here. All right, here we go. Let me unveil to you... The Centralites, the 12 Days of Barbecue Christmas. Lyrics credited to, of course, the uh, guys over at Hot Grill on Grill Action. So I certainly appreciate the fact that they were able to pull this one off. Uh, Ladies, you ready to to rock and roll here? Yeah. All right, here we go. It's the uh, 12 Days 
uh, barbecue Christmas, and we're starting now. Um. On the first day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me a case of cold Coors Light. On the second day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me two chimney starters and a case of cold Coors Light. On the third day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the fourth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me four packs for sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the fifth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me five Weber bullets, four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the sixth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me six thermometers probing, five Weber bullets, four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the seventh day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me seven coal bags burning, six thermometers probing, five wet Weber bullets, four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the eighth day of Christmas, my barbecue came to me. Eight ring ring, seven pill bags burning, six thermometers probing, five wet four packs of brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the tenth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me. Ten pans of foiling, nine logs of smoking, eight apple juice spraying, seven coal bags burning, six thermometers for Oh, I messed up. Four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors Light. On the tenth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me ten pans of foiling, nine logs of smoking, eight apple juice springs, seven coal bags burning, six thermometers probing, five Weber bullets, four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors on the eleventh day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me eleven butters melting, ten pans of foiling, nine logs of smoking, eight apple juice spraying, seven callbacks burning, six thermometers probing, five weather bullets, four packs brown sugar, three pork cases, two chimney starters, and a case of cold Coors On the twelfth day of Christmas, my barbecue gave to me. 12 spices blending, 11 butters melting, 10 pans of foiling, 9 logs of smoking, 8 apple juice greens, 7 cobbacks burning, 6 thermometers throbbing, 8 4 packs brown sugar, 3 pork cases, 2 chimney starters, and a case of cold cores. Yeah! Whoa! Rock. Just like that, alright. Ladies, uh, congratulations to each and every one of you. Thank you. Thank you. Marley, congratulations. Tell us what you thought. Instant feedback. What did you think of the song? It was nice. All right, Bobby, what did you think of our effort tonight? We were practicing and practicing for at least the last three days. It was great. It was great. That was Marley saying that. Uh, Here we have the middle uh, child right here. She did very good. Maddie, what did you think of the performance? All right, thank you. And uh, Bobby is come on, come on over here. Everybody wants to see what's I think happening. It was awesome and cool too. There you go, Bobby. What did you think of the performance tonight? It was great. All right, thank you. And uh, Marley, 
Where are you at? Come on over here. Everybody wants to see. What do you think? All right. Uh, Mar, what did you think of the performance tonight? Very good? It was good and great, and I liked it. It was good, great, and you liked it. All right. Beat it. This is my show, ladies and gentlemen. That's mad. Beat it. All right. That was the 12 Days of Holiday Christmas, as sung by the uh, Rempy and, and the Centralites. Special thanks again going out to Logan Hendrickson, Ryan Amos. Uh, why am I drawing a blank on the other two? Uh, uh, Matt Frampton and Chris Yellick. These are the guys from Hot Grill on Grill Action. That's right. We had a case of cold Coors Light. In, uh, in reminder, thanks to Donji. Case of cold Coors Light, two chimney starters, three pork cases, four packs brown sugar, five Weber bullets, six thermometers probing, seven coal bags burning, eight apple juice sprayings, nine log smoking, ten aluminum pans foiling, eleven butters melting, and twelve spices spicing. Somebody get Logan a job writing a show. That was absolutely fantastic. Unfortunately, I had a. You would have no idea. I thought this would be one of the easiest songs to find ever, just an instrumental version. But believe me, my friends, it was absolutely not one of the easiest songs to find by any stretch of the imagination. But I was able to find that. I don't even know what you would call that. Is that like a uh, techno? Techno version. Gonna go twelve days of Christmas. Gonna get your mother. Gonna eat your face off in the pork butts. Gonna inject my thighs. Something like that, right? Get, geez, oh Pete. Get that big stuff out of here. New kids on the cooker. That's what I'm talking about. Next super group. Watch out, new kids on the cooker. All right, we are going to be dialing up again. Thanks to Logan. Thanks to uh, all the first hour guests, Dave Compton, Steve Grinstead, and. Uh, uh, Rich Wachtel as well. Vote for me, 2000. If that doesn't put me over the top for Barbecue 2000, who else is singing songs aside from Hot Grill on Grill Action? This was live. This was no produced bit like they did for the Jack song, although that's probably going to be making an appearance next week in the best of 2011 show. We're going to hook up with Meathead Goldwyn coming up here in uh, just a few short seconds. Whoa. Hold on a second. That's actually not the library song, but this is... Who's next? You know who it is. It's Shane Draper from Draper's Barbecue, the third-generation barbecue company located in western Kentucky between Memphis and Kansas City. Shane Draper has created a line of barbecue products that represents both cities as well as the flavor profiles from Shane's home. Draper's smoking Sauce, a savory with touch of sweetness, tangy with some heat, balanced yet complex. It's a blend of spices that's at home on the competition trail and grilling in your backyard. Draper's Barbecue also has a fantastically versatile seasoning known simply as AP Rub. The AP short for all purpose. It is a great flavor enhancer on any protein, but it can also be used on popcorn, french fries, salads, onion rings, soups, chowders, even Chex Mix, baked potatoes, and dredges for frying fish and chicken. Basically, your limitation is your imagination, and that it only. AP's rub balance of savory, salty, sweet, and heat make it great on virtually anything. Now, look, we both know that smoking sauce and AP rub are great products on their own, but they really shine when used together. The mix of these two products will keep the judges thinking about your entry long after they've put it down. Not only will the judges think about it, 
But if you're doing an event out back in the yard or around your neighborhood, your neighbors, your friends, your family members are going to keep coming back asking you for that recipe, and you're going to be able to keep that true to yourself because true barbecue people never release anything, and you'll know that the AP Rub and Smoking Sauce has helped you secure grand champion pitmaster of the barbecue world. Now, quick message from Shane here. He wanted me to mention that today and tomorrow, pretty much the last time to order and expect a Christmas delivery for that uh, Draper's special box. They'll take orders as long as they have those boxes and have resupplied the shakers to carry in the store. But boxes and time has pretty much run out on that Christmas box. So if you want that opportunity to claim your limited edition barbecue Christmas gift box, a very few available, and that's only at drapersbbq.com. Only 75 were made. They include a steel rub shaker, a bottle of smoking sauce, and a pound of the AP rub. And four hand-picked recipes by Shane, all included in a beautiful gift box, ready to slap a name tag on and slide under the tree. You can find Draper's Barbecue products at drapersbbq.com, bbqaddicts.com, and barbecueproshop.com as well. They're all trusted Draper's resources. Draper's Barbecue, always looking for local stores in your area as well. Email Shane, info at drapersbbq.com. You can learn and earn some free swag. Draper's Barbecue, when they say three generations of pride in a bottle, they mean it. It's drapersbbq.com. We're coming back with Prime Rib Talk and the Meathead right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. The uh, background singer's going to bed. Good night, ladies. <clears throat> we are race over to the hotline and bring up a monthly guest who needs no introduction, but I'll introduce him anyway. He is the uh, purveyor of the most popular, heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth. Meathead joining us back on the show. How are you, Meathead? <laughs> I'm great, Greg. How are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Basketball is back in our lives, so when you call me the Cleveland Cavalier of Barbecue, I am happy to say... Um, I was going to do that. How is the Cleveland Cavalier I of Barbecue? I am back and better than ever, Meathead, and I'm sure you're very happy to have your bulls back in order as well. Uh, I think I might have saw you head into the chat room for the 12 days of barbecue Christmas as a critic, Meathead. Somebody who was able to <laughs> well, break I down think, the I think you just blew your chance at man of the year. <laughs> oh, no! I figured with a beard and the do-rag and then the 12 days of barbecue Christmas, I was solidifying myself in the annals of barbecue history, but maybe not so much. The, the what? The annals, not the annals. I, uh-oh. Hey, I, I, I kind of like the beard there, man. You know, if we were standing side by side, people would think we were the Smith Brothers cough drop guys. That's right. The Barbecue Central twins. Um, 
Well, we have a couple things on tap here. By the way, if you, if you don't know, Meathead runs AmazingRibs.com. You can find them, of course, on uh, all the social media outlets, Facebook.com slash AmazingRibs. On Twitter, he's at RibGuy. And, of course, you can email him, Meathead at AmazingRibs.com. And the topic tonight, before we get into the topic, Meathead, is there anything that you would like to talk about that's off the cuff or you know you know, that, in mainstream you know media? Me by now. I almost always have something. That, you know, I just wanted to say something nice about one. One of your sponsors. Um, I just recently got my hands on the Barbecue Guru's new Party Cube. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, I like it. I've only used it twice so far, but I got all kinds of scientific instruments that I can plug into a grill to check temperatures. It works pretty good. I'm very pleased. It's uh, like 130 bucks or something like that. 140 bucks. I forget the exact price. Yep. Um, I, did, I, I, I used it on a Weber kettle for my Thanksgiving turkey. Um, it did a solid job. If uh, your readers or your listeners are not familiar with it, um, go to the Barbecue Guru's website and look at their new party queue. It's a uh, thermostat control device that you uh, plug into your Weber Smoky Mountain. I had to drill a hole in the bottom of my uh, Weber kettle to make it work. Um, but uh, it was worth it because it's pretty cool. I really was impressed. I'm, I'm always not going to feel good about my handyman skills when drilling into any of my grills or cookers, so I would probably steer away from that. Um, how do you find the battery life? I mean, I know it's all kind of self-contained. It's running on batteries. You find the power to be good. You find the interface to be good, easy to kind of set up and run right out of the box. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like I've played with uh, Rock Stoker and the, the Guru, and, and they're very cool. But, I mean, Rock Stoker absolutely boggles me with all its complexity this is really simple it's just really simple user friendly um uh battery life was not a problem i mean i only cooked uh, a turkey for what three hours or something i don't think it's going to be a problem um it, it, i just was delighted with it and it's worth uh, looking at it i have a review of it in my barbecue accessories section um, where I get into some more detail, uh, I, I made a little mistake drilling the hole. <laughs> I, I put the hole in the wrong location, got a little too close to the leg, but it still worked. Um, cool, cool tool. Very pleased with it. Uh, very uh, impressed, and uh, I'm sure it'll do great on a, on a Smoky Mountain. Um, I haven't tried it on my Smoky Mountain yet, but um, I think that you know they've they've got this down. I think it's 130. So they've got something down in the 130 range that really gives um, thermostat control to uh, barbecue, which is nice. Absolutely. Meathead Goldwyn joining us here on the show from AmazingRibs.com. Our Meathead, so the topic tonight is prime rib, obviously, and beef roast. This is one of the more uh, popular dishes, especially around this time of year that we're having. Christmas is coming up, uh, all the other associated holidays with this portion of the year. So as we get into prime rib, any opening statements or monologues you would like to make about this particular cut? <laughs> you know me, don't you? Oh, yes. Um, uh, well, I, let's just get the uh, the terminology out of the way first. Um, it's Chances are it's not prime rib that you're going to be cooking. Prime, as we know, is a grade of beef, um, which is based on a USDA inspector checking between the bones of the ribs. I think it's the 12th and 13th bone. I forget which bone it is. And they look at how much marbling there is there, and they say there's a lot of marbling here. Let's call it prime beef. Um, the name prime rib came about because it comes from the rib primal and that was a name that was given to that cut before 
the USDA grading system came in. So it's most likely that what you get from your butcher or your grocer is actually choice rib roast. And I think rib roast is probably the better term, uh, the more accurate term, the technically correct term, uh, unless you're getting prime uh, beef. Uh, I'm going to try uh, Wagyu for the first time this year. I'm a little concerned if that's just going to be a little too rich, but I've ordered a uh, Strube Ranch Wagyu from uh, Big Papa Smokers, and uh, that's going to cost me, uh, but it should be pretty impressive. But um, it, it, chances are you're getting a rib roast. And, 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 and the, the, first, the first thing I want to get squared away on rib roast is I really am a strong believer in getting the bone off. Now, I know the bone looks really cool. And I know the bone is fun to gnaw on, but what everybody really likes is the crunchy brown surface, especially if you've got a good rub. Um, and the bone blocks the heat. Now, there, this business about it's sweeter by the bone is just an old myth. It's rarer by the bone because the bone is filled with uh, like a, a honeycomb of marrow yeah. and that's really good insulator and it keeps heat from penetrating it's a um a heat shield if you will and um so the meat next to the bone is not going to cook as well but the bone doesn't contribute anything to flavor uh, the marrow's got lots of flavor but that's not coming out it's in it, it, it's encased in calcium and then that calcium is encased in a um, envelope of connective tissue, and um, it, that's just not going to contribute. It just doesn't get into the muscle fibers. Now, if you're braising beef ribs, if you're making a stew with beef ribs, man, all that flavor comes out, and that's fantastic. But when you're roasting or smoke roasting or smoking or grilling um, a prime rib or, uh, shall we say, a rib roast, the bone is not going to contribute anything. It's just going to block heat. And then when you take it off the grill, that bone stays hot longer than the meat, so it, con it, it continues to heat the meat. So I just get rid of the bone, and I set it aside, and that's another meal. I just chow down on those bones uh, you know, a week later, I, I, I put them out there and smoke them uh, Texas style and uh, uh, do the rib roast um, boneless. And when you do that, the roast is, is sort of a teardrop or a pear shape. But if you take the bone off, you can cinch it with twine or, or butcher's string and make it round. And when it's round, it cooks more evenly. You're not going to get, if it's teardrop shaped, the ends of those teardrops are going to cook a little more and be a little overdone. So I, I'm a real advocate of taking the bone off. Now, uh, Meathead, I've ordered prime rib a few times uh, at the butcher that's uh, just a city or two east of me. And they'll ask me every time I order, do you want us to take the bone off and then tie it back on? Is that something that you would want to do so you then keep those bones for later then, right? Um, right. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're paying for those bones, and depending on how your butcher charges for it, if he's charging by the pound and the, and the weight for the bone is the same as the weight for the meat, then you're paying a real premium for inedible material. Um, but that's common, is to 
take the bone off and then tie it back on because the bone does make a really nice platform for standing it when you're roasting. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people like to put it in a roasting pan. And we'll talk about the problem with roasting pans in a little bit. But um, you shouldn't put your meat in a roasting pan. We'll talk about that too in a minute. But yeah, you can get the, have them take it off and I just have them wrap it up and give it to me in a separate package. And that's dinner, you know, another night. And I cook that roast boneless um, so I can get that nice brown crust all over. All right, let me ask you about this. We talk about when we're doing big cuts of barbecue, the pork and the ri or the uh, brisket, uh, steaks, rubbing of uh, all sorts. Now, I grew up in a very traditional house. It was some garlic salt, some salt and pepper. It was seared heavily on either side, and then it was put in a very uh, soft oven, let's say. But before we get into cooking processes and all that stuff, as far as rubs are concerned, do you like to say, in this case, because it's an expensive cut, uh, it can be more expensive depending on what kind of a quality you get, that you want to have that beefy flavor come through and you want to relax a little bit on the rubs, or is it, a, is it the opposite for you? No, just the opposite, I think. You've got this massive, I mean, depending on the size, uh, what is it? It's going to be maybe five and a half, six inches diameter. Um, it's not going to penetrate very far. Um, we talked a little bit last time, I think, about um, brining. Um, marinating is the same thing. If you go to my website, I got an article on marinating. And what I did was I, I took a piece of beef and submerged it um, in a marinade for 24 hours, only I used a green dye. Um, and uh, you can see that that green dye does not penetrate very far. Um, and uh, uh, Dr. Greg Blonder, whom we've talked about before, he's a P, uh, physicist, used to be with Bell Labs. He's uh, doing research uh, uh, for me on barbecue, and he's done some really interesting work and uh, where he uses indicators and dyes in order to tell how far things penetrate. Um, a rub all by itself, even with a mustard base or an oil base, is not going to get more than an eighth of an inch down into the meat. But that's okay. That's good because, I mean, I really like that. Brown is beautiful when you're cooking, you know. You got a loaf of French bread and what's what we i mean the crust is the best part right um that's the maillard reaction the maillard effect uh the uh, chemical reaction where amino acids and sugars and things change and you get that really deep complex flavor on the surface it get it dries out a little because there's evaporation from the surface so you get your your brown your your shell your bark and uh, I like to use an oil, and one-to-one, -one, I make a, a beef rub with herbs. You know, I use rosemary and some garlic and whatever. I've got a recipe for a beef rub that I like on my website. But you guys can whoop up your own or buy one. Um, I like to lean heavily on herbs, get a little salt in there. I stay away from sugar. I'm not a big fan of sugar on beef. That's just my opinion. Um, and uh, mix it about one-to-one -one with uh, an oil, cooking oil, olive oil, whatever, and just rub it up and try to rub it up the night before so it will penetrate a little more. And um, uh, then uh, you get that really nice crust all around, especially where the bones used to be. And that just gives you, I mean, the bones cover almost 20, 30% of the surface area. So you get just a lot more really nice crunchy crust that way. What about injecting a rib roast fan wow. not a fan ever done that think it's a good idea or not you know i've never done it and frankly 
You just caught me off guard. I've never thought of it. I, I don't know that I would bother. Um, I mean, you, you know, the beauty of injecting is that it's it works better than marinating or brining because when you inject, you can get whatever you're injecting down into the meat. Um, on turkey, you can get salt water or you can get butter down into the meat. Boy, prime rib, you've got, I mean, this is, this is the longissimus and the spinalis muscles. Um, the longissimus is a big, long tube. And then there's this half moon muscle that kind of wraps around it. And that's the spinalis. And um, these are the most heavily marbled, the most tender, the most flavorful, the softest, the juiciest. Um, I don't know that I feel the need to inject. And if I did, what would I inject with? I, I, you know, Greg, I got to think about this one. Maybe the uh, listeners in the um, chat room uh, have some ideas about injections. I'm looking down there. I've injected brisket. Oh, yeah, brisket's a different story. Brisket, you're cooking up to 190 degrees and brisket you're you've got a really tough piece of meat that works hard this is the laziest muscle on the cow it hardly moves at all it's so tender i don't think it needs much help um somebody says msg i suppose i suppose that could amp it up a notch that might work um, I don't know. Um, interesting question, Greg. All right. Give it some thought. Yeah, think about it. Get back to me on that. What about uh, cooking <laughs> temperatures? Like I said, uh, when I was growing up, it was yeah. searing and then putting it in a 220, 250 degree oven until it's uh, 140 mm-hmm. or so inside. What do you think about that? Well, the, the, the most of the cookbooks say um, stick it in there 400, 500, get it hotter in hell. And get the outside sear. There's a couple of recipes that even call for rolling it around in a cast iron pan to get a good brown crust started. And then after you get it in there for 30 minutes at a high temp to get the crust going, you cut back on the temp and cook it a little lower and slower. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm really a uh, fan of reverse sear here. And in a lot of things, and of course, as are probably most of your re- listeners, low and slow, um, you know, there's not a lot of really tough connective tissue in uh, a rib roast like there is in a pork shoulder. So you don't have to worry about melting collagens and stuff. I, I, t- I cook everything. You know, I like simplicity in my life. I have learned... I have an army of grills out here, but I can go out there and get anyone cooking at either 225 or 325. Those are my two benchmarks. And I recommend to all my readers, master your grill, learn how to get it to 225 or 325 in all kinds of weather conditions, and you can cook just about anything. And I'll cook beef at 325 um, because I want the that browning process really kicks in a high gear at around 310. Uh, the Maillard reaction. So I'll take it up to 325, and uh, that's what I'll cook uh, rib roast at uh, uh, if if I can get it up to that in the cold weather. Um, Otherwise, I just, you know, settle in it wherever I can. But I like to start it indirect at 325 or under, and let it just cook by convection, you know, let the air circulate around it and move into it slowly. Um, all right, think of, think of this big tube of muscle, and you've got this heat pounding on the outside, trying to get in. Let me in, let me in. Um, if it's really hot, 
it hits that exterior and will brown it, but it really pounds on the surface and then it travels inward um, like a bucket brigade. The, the, the meets seventy percent water, so there's this water is is transmitting the heat towards the center slowly but surely. And if you're cooking at a high temperature, the exterior is going to get more cooked than the interior. Now, again, think of the model of sous vide, where you would take, say, a piece of beef and you put it, if you want it to come to medium rare, 125 to 130 or 135, um, you put it in 130 and you just let it sit at 130 and it can't go beyond 130, so you can't overcook. Well, if you could cook at 130 in this environment, you could get a perfectly cooked piece. So the lower temp you have, the bigger window you have, um, you know, it's like trying to catch a bus. If the bus is going 80 miles an hour, it's hard to get on. If the bus is going five miles an hour, it's easy to get on. The lower the temp, the easier it is to catch that bus, the harder it is to overcook, and then the heat moves more slowly because my goal is is medium rare, bumper to bumper. I want that crust, and I don't want more than a quarter of an inch of that crust overcooked meat. And I want it medium rare, bumper to bumper. I don't want it brown, then gray, then tan, then pink, and then this little bit in the center that's perfectly cooked. I don't want a rainbow effect. I want it, and there's a picture of a a rib roast on my website uh, in the article on prime rib that that is just, you know, gorgeous, bumper to bumper, medium rare. So keep the temp down. If you want to take it down to 225, fine. Fine, I don't see any problem with that. And then when it gets up to about 115 or so, I'll push it over to the hot side of the grill and lift the lid because I don't want to roast it on the inside. I want all the heat on the surface. And I'll lift the lid and I'll sear it at the end of the cook and let the temperature go from 115 to maybe 130 roll it around get it all dark on the outside if it i mean it's already starting to get brown by now and just really firm up that crust and pull it off and you'll have a really nice crust no more than a quarter inch deep and you won't have any of that gray or brown meat in the center and uh, it just comes out gorgeous that way meathead goldwyn joining us here on the show we're going to dial him back here just for three minutes while i talk about my good friend, Steven DeFranco. That's right. He's a jeweler. Sons of bitches. You're like, why do we have a jeweler advertising on the show? I. What can I tell you? First of all, Steve, who I happen to be friends with because he's a guy that's right here local in Cleveland, is a barbecue guy first and foremost. He cooks on that good one smoker that... Um, uh, oh, the guy from Three Little Pigs at uh, uh, Mark's, Mr. Mark's cooks on. He gives classes all over the place. That's how he kind of fell in love with this whole barbecue thing initially. And we've met, we've hung out, and he said, look, I want to get on the show. I said, Steve, couldn't be one of the worst ideas I've ever heard is a uh, jeweler wanting to advertise on a barbecue internet radio show. And he said, look. Let me pitch it to you this way. He's selling me on how I should take his money. That's fine. Here's the bottom line. How many times have you thought to yourself, especially now, right? Holidays are coming up. I've done something to piss my wife off or my girlfriend or my same-sex lover off. And now I really need to dig deep. 
I need to buy some jewelry to get out of the doghouse. I need a diamond. I need a gold necklace or a silver necklace or some people of uh, Venetian glass jewelry or obviously a watch like I something. But I don't want to spend that money, and I know people are marking up like crazy, and I don't want to deal with the chain stores that are in the malls. What am I going to do? I don't nobody in the industry. Here's where we can benefit Central Lights. We just happen to know somebody that's in that industry. Now it's Stephen DeFranco. You can peruse his entire inventory if you're not even here in the great state of Ohio. You can just go to the Barbecue Central Radio Network's homepage. Click on the Stephen DeFranco Jewelers banner. Meathead, do it right now while you're waiting. Look at this great inventory that he has. He's got watches. He's got diamonds. They're certified and a bunch of different things. I have that Camille bracelet, which is uh, more well-known as the Pandora. You can buy charms and all. You can get your wife or your girlfriend or whatever these charms, and each one can signify something important that has happened in your life. So what's better than that is the fact that you're going to get a huge discount when you mention my name, that you're a fan of the show, that you listen, that I've sent you over there, that you've perused the inventory on the website, and you've called in on that 440 number. You ask for Steve. He'll deal with you directly. He'll get you the best price you can get, and you're going to get a piece of jewelry that is high quality because you're dealing with somebody who is owned and operated independently, and they're there to provide first-class service first and foremost and great products second. That's what is key when dealing with somebody in the jewelry business, and it's Stephen DeFranco. Franco located right here in Cleveland, Ohio. StephenDeFranco.com or visit the Barbecue Central Radio Network's homepage and click on the Stephen DeFranco banner. Hook them up. You'll be happy you did. I bought a number of things from Steve and they've all been fantastic. Stephen DeFranco Jewelers will be back with Meathead in 10. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are back. It is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, uh, 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com is the email address. If you want to ask Meathead a question, go ahead and send it in. By the way, uh, sipping on the Moonshine Bandits Outlaw Moonshine. It is 99 proof. Uh, I never even knew what moonshine was until uh, I was talking with the Grill Girl last week. And I have to say, the first time on... Craig, uh, you ever had moonshine before? Yeah, I was raised in Florida, yeah. Oh, um, Cracker Lake. Uh, yeah, uh, we used to get it down around... Uh, um, Micanopy and uh, out in the woods back in there. Sure, there were a couple of guys. I used to work in a liquor store in Gainesville when I was a gator, and uh, there were a couple of. We had a bar attached to the uh, uh, liquor store, and there were a couple of guys. In fact, that's where I found barbecue. There was a couple of old guys who would come in with ribs wrapped in aluminum foil, and they'd go into the bar, and they'd just sell slabs of ribs to guys hanging out in the bar. And a couple of them would also bring in their moonshine to taste. Uh, but uh, that was the first time I tasted real barbecue in ABC Liquors in Gainesville, Florida, on Newberry Road. Um, and uh, I, I remember I brought some of the stuff back to my roommates, and we just sat around in <laughs> awe. We just couldn't believe 
what we were tasting. It was so good. And that, that put me down on the path. Of course, I, I, I took a detour and I, I got a job in the wine business because of that liquor store first. Hey, what kind of wine are you drinking with your rib roast out there, folks? So how about you, Greg? Oh, I, love... I know you're a wino. You're sitting there drinking that moonshine, but I know you're a wino. Yeah, I love, I mean, if it's going to be big, top quality meat, obviously I want something you're going to sit there and kind of go pound for pound with it and kind of cut through that fat. So if I can go, if I had my druthers, of course, one of my most favorite wines to get my hands on would be the 2001 Silver Oak. Uh, of course, you know I don't have $200 to throw around all the time. Uh, but you know I like a, a nice Shiraz from in, uh, Australia, or I had a great Syrah that was out in wine country there in California that a Centralite sent me one time that was absolutely fabulous. I think a lot of people overlook that. Um, but anything red that is that is big and can kind of go toe to toe with the, with the fat and the taste of the meat is uh, right up my alley. Absolutely. Um, Greg, do you ever find your way to Chicago? Not even once. What are we doing? I'm on my way. I have a magnum of old silver oak in my basement that I bought at auction for a benefit for the uh, Lighthouse for the Blind a couple of years ago. I do a lot of work for them, and uh, it was too high for the auction, and I just had to buy it. And uh, it's sitting down there waiting for somebody special. Oh, my Lord. Well, uh, maybe I might have to take a little West Coast uh, roadie out there to the big windy city and help you polish that magnum off. All right. uh, So we're talking about prime rib. And a lot of the questions I was getting in the chat room during the break was, if you're going to do smoke roasting, you're going to cook it on a smoker, what kind of smoke is going to meld well with the uh, beef roast? Well, I, actually, I, I poked into the chat room, too, and I saw that, that question, a couple others. Uh, you know, I love smoke on brisket, but in general, I think smoke is nice on beef um, and lamb, but really lightly. Um, I feel the same way about chicken, too, by the way. I just I don't want to overdo it. I think it's easy to overdo your smoke, on, um, on, on, on particularly on medium-rare meat. Um, so uh, I go really light on the smoke. Um, if I'm doing it on a grill, which I usually do because I want that high finish on the end, you know, the high heat reverse sear, um, uh, I'll, I'll put in maybe four ounces of smoke wood. And, um, I, you know, I'm just a devotee of uh, uh, fruit woods, uh, apple and cherry. And uh, I got to tell you, I have not done as much tasting of different woods as I know a lot of your listeners have. Um, uh, I just try to keep it light and simple on my uh, on my prime rib. Meathead joining us here on the show again. Amazingribs.com, the website, facebook.com slash amazingribs, at ribguys, the Twitter and the email is meathead at amazingribs.com. Uh, spinalis on or off, you know, you kind of touched that <laughs> on in the beginning, but uh, I don't have any idea what the hell that is, to be honest. Oh, you know, this is this is okay. I I saw this in a restaurant in Vegas, and I think we're going to start seeing this. It, everybody knows about this. But a lot of people call it the decal, but if you get your your prime rib right and you cut into it, there's this little half moon muscle wrapped around the outside, opposite where the bones were, and it almost always overcooks. And it's almost the least favorite uh, piece of the meat. It's the best cut of meat on the cow it's the most heavily marbled if you if you get a, a, a rib roast and you cut the bone off and you look at it now there's a picture on my website in the prime rib 
section where you can see it. It's clearly delineated by a, a thin layer of fat separated from the eye of the ribeye. That's the where the ribeyes come from. The eye of the rib roast is that tube. That's the longissimus. The spinalis is the one that wraps around it. And if you peel it off the prime rib, it sort of looks like a piece of salmon. It's wider at one end and narrow and tapers. And it's fatter in the center and it tapers towards the edges. And this piece of meat is amazing. It is so well marbled, but it almost always overcooks the way people cook their rib roasts. And so it's sort of the least favorite cut. It gets left aside. And so it, like if you've got people coming over and you don't want to, you know, like you, 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 you get a whole prime rib, but it's far more. Peel this spinalis off, cook the eye of the rib roast. And save that spinalis for another time and cut that into steaks and grill that. And oh, my God, that, that is like Kobe beef or Wagyu beef on regular beef. What are, you, are you offering me a drink? No, oh, uh, people. You have to understand that uh, there's a show going on within the show, Meathead. And oh, right. I'm not. I, I, you know, my screen is too small. Well, I, I, I've got two screens here. Yeah. I'm not catching the. Uh, no, it's best the, the, to not get involved in the chat room. But basically, yeah, uh, the I, centralites have decided that every time somebody says the word meat, I have to start uh, drinking the moonshine. Oh, I saw that go by. I, yes. I can, I can see meat more often if oh, you want. Not for me. Not unless you want to see me throwing up a little bit later. Um, um, you know, a couple of the topics we skipped on by that I, I, I was thinking about on during the break that I wanted to go back and touch on. Go ahead. Well, one is is carryover cooking. Right. Um, if your target, let's say, is 130, that's typically where I shoot for, for, you know, steaks and prime rib, um, maybe 125 for a little rarer. Um, you've got to pull it off at least five degrees lower because what happens is is the exterior. Remember I said, think of this tube of meat and all that heat is pounding to get in. Well, the exterior of that meat is hotter than the center. So as you pull that meat off, nature wants to equilibriate, equilibrium, equal, inebriate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it wants equilibrium and, it, and the heat on the exterior is transmitted towards the center. So the center will rise about five degrees after you take it off. So if your target is 125 or, let, or let's say 130, take it off at 125 um, and it'll get up to 130 in the center. And remember to uh, measure in the center. Don't let your uh, thermometer touch the bone and please use a thermometer. I've got a chart on my website that gives you a rough idea how long to cook. Um, you know, the thing about beef roast is the bones are much wider than um, a pork roast. So if you buy a bone-in pork roast, usually one bone per person is a nice serving. But one bone of, <laughs> if you leave the bone on, one bone of a rib roast is what? enough for two people. That's like two pounds of meat. So, um, uh, you know, uh, when you're buying it, um, if they're getting it bone in, uh, calculate uh, the number of bones, uh, uh, usually two people per bone or something in that range. Always buy more than you think you're going to need. You're going to have shrinkage. And keep the leftovers, man. These are, this is, these are primo roast beef sandwiches. Don't worry about buying too much. Absolutely. Uh, now, what about the faux, uh, that faux Cambro that you were talking about? Well, you know, we, we, faux Cambro is something that we, you know, a lot of us talk about is – 
um, that that's the way to make sure to, to cover over your mistakes. Um, if you get it on and uh, the meat is like almost ready, and the guests are not all here, or uh, the side dishes aren't ready yet, you don't want to overcook this thing. You can pull it off. You can tent it. You know, you can put foil around it, or you can stick it in a holding oven. But you got to keep the temperature down to 125 or 130. Or you can just throw it in a camp. Well, you know, the, the competition cooks all use Cambros. They're like um, beer coolers. Right. Just throw it in a beer cooler. Wrap it in foil. Throw it in a beer cooler with some blankets or towels around it. And close the lid. And it, they're remarkably good at holding that temp. If you're going over the river and through the woods um, uh, to Grandma's house for Christmas, um, uh, I, I often – in fact, I am. I'm going to my niece's house. It's about a 40-minute drive. Um, uh, I, I'll probably, I'll probably cook it most of the way then throw it in the Cambro, bring it over there and then sear it on. She, she's got a Weber gas grill and then sear it on the gas grill. I think that'll be my strategy this year. Um, but, uh, the Cambro is a handy thing to do. Just have a beer cooler, really good and clean and handy, uh, on hand. One other thought came to mind about this. If you're going to get the bone on, Ask your butcher to remove the chine. What? The chine is where the rib bones connect to the backbone, and they are one significant pain to cut through. And so if you're going to make a big show of carving this thing at the dinner table, you're going to have a real pain cutting through that chine bone. So get the butcher either to cut through the chine bone for you or to remove the chine bone which they can do. They just put it on a bandsaw and whack the chine bone off. You won't lose much there at all. You won't lose any meat. And uh, then you, when you cut down through the meat, um, you won't have this struggle at the table. Meathead joining us here on the show talking about uh, prime rib and beef roast. So the biggest thing that I'm going to be dealing with because we're talking about doing a prime rib is the fact that I'm a medium rare guy. And everybody else in the family is probably going to shit their pants when they see what a medium rare piece of prime rib looks like after it's been cut off. So, I mean, we don't want to go any higher than what medium, medium rare to medium. I mean, where does now, where's the cutoff line? You know, this is this is you're really dealing with aesthetics, religion, politics, personal beliefs. I mean, it's really a First of all, a lot of people think all that red stuff is blood. We've talked about this before. It's not right. blood. Not blood. blood would be blood would be black. It would be thick. It would coagulate. It would be ugly. This is um, a myoglobin. It's a protein liquid that's within the cells. It comes out. It doesn't coagulate. It runs and it flows. It's thin like water. It's full of flavor. So if that's their issue, oh, the blood grosses me out, let them know that it's not blood. But you're not going to get through. It's right. like trying to c convert a Democrat to a Republican or something like that. Agreed. It's just not going to happen. Um, well, all right. There are a couple of ways to go about this. First of all, the end cuts, which is where all that nice flavor from the, from the uh, uh, rub is. Right. Those are going to cook a little more. So if you've got well-done people in the house, they've got to get the end cuts. Or what you can do is leave that grill hot and cut a slice out and then haul it back out to the grill and throw it back on the grill. Now, you're going to sear the rich red ends that you've just cut through. Yeah. But what you've got there is a ribeye steak. 
I mean, that's where a ribeye steak comes from, is this very same piece of meat. That's the longissimus and the spinalis. That's the ribeye steak. So you'll be serving them a magnificent ribeye steak, and you can cut it just a little more. And if they insist on having a well-done or a medium uh, – oh, and there's something else. Um, um, a lot of people confuse medium and medium rare, and they're different temperatures. Yeah, um, right. Me- Meat, a lot, you know, people go in a restaurant and say, I'll take my medium. And then they get upset when it comes out a p- kind of pink and right. it's not red. Medium rare is bright red. Medium is a rich pink. Um, medium rare is 130 to 135 in that range. Finish temp, not taking it off the grill, finish temp. Medium is 135 to 145. There's a big difference there. And then rare, which a lot of people who eat medium rare steaks will eat rare ribeyes or rather rare rib roast. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 120 to 130, and that's really very, very tender and juicy. And, 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 and the reason that I like it that way and a lot of people like it that way is it's really at its most tender and its most juicy in that under 135 temperature range 135 maybe down to 125 in that range you've got the absolute maximum and this is not just meathead talking the food scientists have machines that measure the sheer pressure how much pressure it takes to cut through it and how much juices or and stuff like that all right meathead is uh, joining us here on the show we were covering uh, prime rib and beef roast. So, of course, if you have any further questions, you can always contact Meathead a number of different ways on Twitter at RibGuy. You can also find him on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash amazingribs or just go ahead and email. He's more than happy to do the exchange with you. Meathead at amazingribs.com. Meathead, always appreciate the conversation. I wish nothing but joyous holiday sentiments to you and yours. And, of course, we'll be looking for you again in January and seeing what we can possibly sink our teeth into for that second hour of that show. Greg, it's always fun talking to you. Have a happy holiday to you and your wife and your beautiful daughters and uh, the new year. And let's find an excuse to get together and kill that old bottle of uh, uh, silver oak. Wine, uh, silver oak that I've got my in my. I don't remember what vintage it is, but it's uh, it's at least a decade old. And uh, maybe maybe come in for a Cavaliers Bulls game. Hey, let's see what we can do. I appreciate the time tonight. <laughs> Take care, buddy. All right there, he is. Meathead, everybody. We love and uh, respect the fact that he wants to come on this show every month and talk about the topics that he does, always generating a lot of uh, uh, interesting thoughts and takes, techniques, whatever the case may be. And uh, he is joining us. AmazingRibs.com is his website. Go ahead and start emailing with Meathead. He loves the interaction with the Centralites. Who doesn't? Uh, Meathead at AmazingRibs.com. All right. uh, One quick reminder. This is going to be it, folks. Uh, Tonight, tomorrow, the last day to get your buy two, get one free. Mojo Bricks, bitch. That's right. It's Mojo Brick time. There's huge... What did we call them? The... uh, Mojo Stumps, you have the Mojo Brick 6, you have the Hickory Bricks, you have the regular of the Oak and the Hick and the Maple. I mean, these are some of the coolest, most dense wood products that are out there, one of the most green technologies that are out there. And if you want to get in touch, that's right, ask about the free samples they're shipping to you folks who are teaching barbecue classes. 
Who teaches barbecue classes? Nobody. If you teach a class, you can hit Fred up, and he's looking to get his product in well-placed, high number of eye places. And uh, forget all of that because, first of all and foremost of all, you want to take advantage of the buy two, get one free. Right now, you put in your order, and depending on what's on hand as far as the free stuff, Fred is going to shoot that in your bag, and you'll be all set to go. Um, This is going to be taking place until the end of business tomorrow. All right, the end of business tomorrow. So you have tonight, right now, go to shop.mojobricks, M-O-J-O, mojobricks.com. Or you can do it tomorrow as well. You'll get that get two, get one free order that's going on right now. And that is pretty much going to end the promotion that we have going with Mojo Bricks. So I appreciate Fred and his sponsorship over the past month. Uh, that'll kill that. And believe it or not, we have a new wood sponsor that we're going to be announcing next week. And I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag right now. You're just going to have to wait on that. But it's not going to be your like traditional chunks, let's say. Something a little maybe smaller. One of the most well-known, smaller maker things in the industry is partnering with the show, and I'm very excited uh, to get that started next week. But first, take advantage again of this promotion that is running out tomorrow night at the close of business. Buy two, get one free, the Mojo Bricks. Again, that Mojo Brick six-pack with that cherry is absolutely fantastic. They go well in the bullet-style smokers, especially in those ceramic-style cookers. If you have the bigger ones, you use a couple more. I mean, it's it's no big deal. Just go ahead, and it's going to be one of those things that you're going to be like, this probably isn't going to work that good. And you're going to be absolutely astounded at how long they burn, how clean they burn, how consistent they burn, how long they will last when compared to similar real wood items. Fred Gross, MojoBricks.com, Shop.MojoBricks.com. We'll wrap the show up right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, two minutes till the top of the hour, so we'll probably carry over just for a few minutes. I want to make sure we're wrapping up uh, properly. Hey, look at this. We got an email in from the president of the KCBS. Tell me, head, that some folks like Rainbow Prime Rib makes everybody happy in this family. A wine-soaked oak for the smoke, a Merlot or a Pauliac for wine, and lots of it. I agree with the lots of it, Candy. Speaking of lots of it, I've been partaking in the outlaw moonshine. Hello. I'll be visiting the porcelain pony in about five minutes. Uh, she thinks 12 things of barbecue was great. So, uh, Candy, appreciate you listening. All right, let's uh, quickly recap to see what has happened this evening. In the first hour, we had young Rich Wachtel, who is from Grilling with Rich. Grillingwithrich.com is his website. And he has the 2011 Barbecue Person of the Year. Who's it going to be? I quickly jaunted, well, hold on a goddamn second. I'm going to tell you exactly who it's going to be. Let's go to www.grillingwithrich.com. This isn't very professional of me to actually start typing. 
while we're doing the live show here. This is what happens when... Did I put spaces in there? Something's going on. Oh, my Lord. Damn moonshine will get you every time. Grillingwithrich.com. And erase everything else. Let's see what happens here. Hold on. Oh, yeah, you said something before. Uh, update on 2011 barbecue person. I'm going to give you the countdown. Let's see. Here we go. I got to vote for myself again real quick. All right. Uh, here we go. Voting as of right now. Diva Q is on the list. She has 2.78% of votes. That's a total of 79. My, Michelle Lackey from Hog It Up has 0.46, 13 votes. Michael McDearman, head pitmaster of Get Fired Up Barbecue, has 1.37%. Brad Orzen from The Shed has 30, almost 31% of the votes, 875 in total. Chris Lilly, friend of the show, 32.93, almost 1,000 votes. He is by far the leader. Shane Draper from Draper's Barbecue Sauce has 20 votes, uh, not even 1%. Delbert King from Heads Up for Barbecue for the Troops has 12 votes. Jason Day from Barbecue Addicts, 2.29, 65 votes. Johnny Trigg has 109 votes. Uh, Greg Rempe, Barbecue Central Radio Show, 27 votes. What the fuck? Everybody get over that goddamn website and vote for this sorry piece of shit that is out here, hoping to get... Tupa. All right. Uh, Heath Hall, Pork Barrel Barbecue, friend of the show, has 357 votes. Carrie Bringle from Peg Like Porker has 150 votes. Mike Chesser, rub one out. Best name ever. Second only to Hot Grill on Grill. Has 41 votes. Rod Gray from Pellet Envy has 18 votes. Uh, drum roll, please. I have more votes for Barbecue Person of the Year in 2011 than Rod Gray. Rod, eat it. Nothing. Oh, all right. Never mind. And others, which I guess you can write in yourself if you want, have uh, 30 votes. So others have more votes than me. Get that big stuff out of here. What? Other people have more votes than me? Oh, my Lord. All right. So there's your updated Grilling with Rich 2011. So that's who we had on the first hour. And then we also had two folks looking to make the KCBS Board of Directors coming up in 2012. We have Dave Compton, uh, who focused primarily on uh, judges and Judge Cook relations. And, of course, we have Steve Grinstead, uh, who is a Buckeye native looking to make his run as well, who had some uh, differing opinions on a lot of people that are on forums as far as how the board is running right now. Uh, of course, I had these series of provocative statements that um, draw some, some mixed answers from those two guys. And then we had the 12 days of barbecue Christmas that went over uh, the opposite of how a turd goes over in a punch bowl. And then we had Meathead Goldwyn joining us for the second hour, or at least the remainder of the second hour, talking about prime rib roast and uh, all of that good stuff as well. So, uh, wait, hold on a second, me. Hold on a second, me. I got something else that we would like to play in place of that. This, the close. All right, let me wind it up here, folks. If I don't talk to you, have a great Christmas. Whatever holiday you choose to uh, celebrate at this time, let me raise a glass of Outlaw Shine. Ooh. Ooh. Need a little more ice than that bad boy. That's going to burn. 
I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas or, again, whatever type of holiday that you are celebrating this time of year. Uh, I appreciate you all as Centralites, as listeners, supporters, and sponsors of the show. Next week's show is going to be a best of 2011. I'll uh, kind of recount some of the takes I've had, kind of voted on by you, the listeners, some sound bites that were uh, pretty cool, all that good stuff. So that's kind of wide open. Your calls, too, if you want to weigh in and talk about what you've been up to, what you thought the best parts of the show were this year. Thanks to Rich Wachtel. Thanks to Dave Compton. Steve Grinstead, Meathead, my daughters, for thinking the 12 days of barbecue Christmas. Hey, let me tell you this. Let me help you control the rusty grill-grade population. you got raw cast iron. As they're cooling down after after you've used them, hit them with some Pam. Hit them with some Crisco. Let it bake in. Prevent the rust, okay? Trouble-free service for years on out. Just remember to give them a little love after uh, every time you use them. Also, September 11, 2001. I will never forget We'll be back next Tuesday to wrap the year up in 2011. Until then, it's your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.